0: And once again, welcome to LI in the AM. LI in the AM news time is seven forty-three AM, and I want to recognize our great veterans today is Veterans Day. There's less traffic; people are out there going to the shopping, Veterans Day specials, and so on. But more important, the VFWs and the American Legions just honoring. Our great veterans, and uh, we wouldn't be here today. In fact, on the line with me is uh, Ken Bombays. Ken's one of my regular contributors, an unbelievable resume in criminal intel, a former law enforcement officer, but more importantly, a veteran, and it's great to have him on. Ken Bombays, my friend, how are you?
1: Morning, Tom. Thanks for having me
0: on. You know what does this day mean? I mean, you have a lot of friends that uh, certainly that have been in the military yourself. Uh, you're one of the people that we're honoring today, and it's so important that uh, we we look at uh, the accomplishments of our military services, and uh, then the individuals that gave a sacrifice. Uh, unlike Memorial Day, we're talking about just all of our veterans, those who certainly gave the ultimate sacrifice, but those that you know, sacrificed family, sacrificed career uh, for a cause, And the cause is the United States of America. Your thoughts on on today?
1: So it's a it's a great day. It's a day that everybody takes a few minutes that day, at least, even if they're busy to remember veterans all the service, all the sacrifice they've made all morning. I've been texting some of my uh, veteran friends around the country. And uh, I think Tom, it's important today, especially right after election day, to remember all the sacrifice that our veterans have made in so many ways for so long. And, and although some people might not be happy with the results on either side, it's important to remember what we have. You know, this is still an incredible system that we have the next morning people get up, they go to work and we continue as Americans. Yeah. There's always another election coming forward and and to remember, more importantly, not everyone has this, you know. In China right now, they have a leader who basically just put himself in as the president for life. Yeah. And and Vladimir Putin and in Iran they're violently putting their people down. It's important with all the problems and issues that we have in this country to remember what we do have. And veterans are, are somebody to thank for that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, again, I I think of all the... uh Uh, the veterans that I do. My dad was uh, a veteran of World War II, fought in the Battle of the Bulge, which was really one of the more uh, serious battles fought by the American forces in World War II. It was Hitler's last attempt to stop the Allies, and uh, we had many of American troops were pinned down, and those poor boys, man, they they fought in the cold of the winter, right around Christmas time, 1944, and that was the last stand. That was the Nazis' last stand, and the Americans gave so much, and we can go through history uh, on the, the... whether it's the, uh, the Battle of Quezon and how the Marines, 5,000 Marines held off against 15,000, 20,000 NVA. It was, it was pretty much incredible that uh, when you think the, the fighting soldier and, and what they were standing for, and it was all about the freedom, and you so articulated it just now that uh, look around the rest of the world see that most of the people in this this world, and this is true, 38% of the people in the world live in, in absolute uh, uh, miserable, miserable conditions. And, uh, yeah, we don't do that here. And sometimes it pains me when I see people knock this country, wear this and wear that. And, and I say go to Tehran. And, and if you're a woman, wear we're one of those things. I mean, you know, they, they're killing them. They're killing people over these customs that they have or the Saudis not allowing women to drive. Just recently they have, but they're highly restricted and so on. You know, thank God for America. You know, when you were in when you were in uniform, is that, is that what, do, you, do you have that greater altruistic feeling, or is it just a matter of just trying to stay alive?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, when you're in the heat of combat, obviously you want to—that's your priority, staying alive. Yeah. But I, I don't know anyone that I've served with is isn't proud to put on the uniform every day, and it's even when you, when you get out, I think it's even more so. People think with such great nostalgia about the military everybody is completely miserable in basic training, for instance. But everyone afterwards speaks so fondly of it and the bonds you made and all the times. I don't think you know someone who's been in the military that doesn't have some good basic training stories. So it's a bond, you know, and something that I I don't know a veteran that is probably not the thing they're most proud of in their life as far as their accomplishments is having served in the military. And I, I, I see today that that we'll have, we have some problems recruiting, and I hate to see that. Yeah. And and I like for the young people, especially nowadays, the military. It's, you know, the benefits are much better than they were when when I first went in. And more importantly, Americans on a regular basis now, the appreciation for our veterans—they're they're held in such high esteem. Mm-hmm. Even you know, I, I'm not a Vietnam veteran, but even when I was young, I don't remember people coming up and saying thank you for your service. They didn't no, do that when I was in the Cold War. No. Now we do that. And I think that's something that was a great change in this country is that people for for, no matter what, with all the problems we have, people are very appreciative and they treat our veterans very well. There's so many organizations like the Towers, all these groups that do so much for veterans, even the group that I had formed with some fellow police officers and that continues to thrive. And I, I led that group for 10 years, even groups like that across the country. I think so much has come from 9-11 that our veterans have Mm. benefited from. And I I hope that never changes. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, God bless for that. You know, when, When I think about the the rate of suicide among our returning vets and PTSD and the effects that it's had, uh, I know one time on our program, we we were spending a couple of weeks just trying to deal with the fact that the Northport VA had shut down the uh, homeless shelter for our veterans, and they were actually going to the the VA. They had a bed there. It was for the homeless vets. But at the same time, they had the medical care, the psychological counseling, and it was a wonderful thing. And then all of a sudden, they they shut it down, and they try to farm them off into other areas agencies, and what happened is a good number of them ended out on the streets, and I remember once as a police officer that we had found a, uh, a body in one of the parks, uh, lying on the park bench, and uh, it was a very cold night in, in January, and he froze to death, Ken. He froze to death. That uh, he, he wasn't sick or anything like that. He froze to death, and I remember that we had to take the body over to the local hospital. We had to wait to it thawed out in order for us to do the, uh, you know, find out the determination and the cause of death, and he was a veteran, and I said to myself this should never, ever happen in the United States of America. And yet it is. And, and and I and I feel very frustrated over that. And I would hope that we do move in the right direction. And maybe since the, that incident happened, maybe we are. Do you feel satisfied that the PTSD, the suicide uh, approach uh, to our veterans, the homelessness approach, so they don't freeze to death on a park bench after serving in the Gulf War, serving in Iraqi freedom, and serving in Afghanistan right after 9-11, that we finally recognize that? And even the Vietnam War veteran who came home to a, uh, a hostile country, you know, we have to reverse that uh, to those that are alive today. Ken?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, um I remember when I came home from Iraq and I was up at Fort Drum for our processing. Hmm. And they had told me that I had so many signs and symptoms of post-traumatic stress. And hmm. at the time, all they had me do was sign a form saying i'll seek assistance yeah. you know and that's crazy nowadays that was even that was insufficient nah, yeah. one of the reasons that that i helped uh, launch the the Suffolk police veterans association because it's i was in in a, a combat zone and, and in a bad part of iraq and days later i was on patrol and that should never really happen you should have a time uh, cooling off period and uh and and get some assistance if you need it before you'd be put on the streets like that, right? Yes. So I think that we've come a long way in supporting our veterans, but so much further to go. Like you just mentioned, you know, I don't care where you are on the side of the, uh, the immigration crisis that's going on at the border. But one thing's for sure, when you see the benefits and the programs that are in place for these people that come here illegally – Um, At a minimum, we should have those same benefits for our our military veterans, you know, hotel rooms, and you see the facilities and the phones and all the support they're getting and funds that they have, and housing options that they're putting them up. At a minimum, our veterans should have that. I mean, that's I think, is crazy that they don't. And like you said, we should never have someone who served in our military freezing to death in our streets. That's that's, a, I think, an embarrassment yeah. for our country.
0: That had a big impact upon me because, you know, I was one of the first officers there. And, and uh, it just, I just kept thinking, this is the United States of America. This shouldn't happen. And then we, we've got to make sure. Now, of course, you know, people get lost in the system. But, you know, you just gave a prime example. They should have. You will sign a piece of paper. No, you should have had a counselor that called you every day that said how you doing come down uh come down here we'll we'll have lunch or we'll do something you know to keep to keep friendly tabs on those off on those uh uh, uh, soldiers and, and military personnel that, that were coming back. And uh, and I hope Veterans Day, every Veterans Day that we have, that, that we reflect on that and that we move in the right direction. Uh, sometimes I feel that the people in the Congress and the U.S. Senate and even our own president, sometimes I think they forget that. They get too tied up with partisan politics and the divisiveness in this country when we've got to have number one priority. And I will say, I, I am gratified by the uh, the fact that uh, you can go to uh, any major chain store and they'll ask you, "Are you a veteran?" And they'll give you that discount, or they'll do that recognition. You can go buy a car and get a veteran's discount. You can get a mortgage. You know, that's a good thing, but that's the private sector saying, hey, we think you guys did a great job. You men and women did a great job, and uh, we thank you for what you're doing. We're going to thank you by giving you a discount. Or uh, what was that, the Texas Roadhouse yesterday, and they're giving uh, vouchers uh, for veterans on Veterans Day. That's a great thing, uh, Ken, and I'm I'm glad the private sector has stepped up to, to that, Ken
1: yeah I definitely. I love seeing that. All the programs, I mean, everything from Disney to baseball games, I mean, the the support of our veterans has never been better. and it, and it's still there's so much further to go. Yeah. and And another thing I like to think about on on Veterans Day is, you know, with the country, we've faced so many challenges now. I love seeing veterans running for office now. There's so many yes. you see running for Congress and Senate and local office. And that's something that I think is a good and positive thing, regardless of which party you're running for. As yes. a military veteran, that's someone who's already proven their dedication to the country. And and I think it shouldn't be looked at as, oh, this is an opportunity. I could get this office. It's serv- It's continued service. People running for office to serve the country continue to sacrifice for the country. People are talented. They could probably do many things in the private sector, but they're choosing to run and serve for our, serve our country again, I think that's a great thing, and I've seen a surge of that recently. I like to see it.
0: Yeah, and you know, this was something I raised on my show yesterday. We only have a couple of minutes, but very, very curious to see your thoughts on this. Although I know constitutionally it cannot be done, but I, I'm thinking about history because I love history, and I you go back uh, to the presidency like a Franklin Roosevelt and. Uh, uh, Dwight Eisenhower and Harry Truman and John Kennedy and, of course, uh, Lyndon Johnson and so on. And you think that they they bestowed the title of uh, commander-in-chief. Yet many of them, just re- I guess it started with Bill Clinton, just didn't serve in the armed services, you know. And uh, I, I wonder, certainly that cannot be a law. We could never do that because we have a civilian government. But uh, the, the fact, uh, isn't there a little extra for those that wore the uniform and bestowed the title of president of the United States uh, and commander in chief, shouldn't there be that military background or that's something that uh, again, never, you can't mandate it, but is that something that makes you feel a little more comfortable? Cause it certainly does with me.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's, you, it, it's something that has changed. It used to be that almost all, every president had yeah. military service of some type. It was almost a prerequisite yeah. to run for the office. And when you did, like I said today, when I do see these former um, military members running for office, it encourages me. And I think you're right. There's it's clearly an advantage, something that can't be mandated, obviously. But it's clearly an advantage. Someone who has led people, led people in combat to to be in a role like that. The chief executive position for our country, essentially. I think it's a tremendous advantage. And I think it's just up to the American people to put to when they're. Going into that uh, ballot uh, booth, and they're going to cast their vote to give that extra um, credibility to somebody who has served in the military. A little extra thought before you vote on somebody who has already made that sacrifice, regardless of what party they're with. You know that these people have sacrificed and served for the country, and that's something we have to consider.
0: And I always feared, uh, and I think it may have happened in our history, that those that didn't serve to put our young men and women in harm's way. Uh, without absolutely knowing for sure. And I and just uh, some tidbits about history. You take the first George Bush. He was shot down and was floating around in the Pacific during World War II until he miraculously got picked up, you know, by an American vessel. And John Kennedy's PT boat, World War II— Chopped in half by a Japanese destroyer, he swam to an island while he was towing some of his injured um, uh, mates uh, uh, mates on his uh, on PT one hundred and nine and saved their lives. And then got out again and swam to the next island and gave the uh, the natives there, that I think the Filipino natives, he was able to give them a coconut that said PT one hundred and nine, and they delivered it to an American vessel, and they, that's when they knew he was alive and he was rescued. I mean. Wouldn't y'all think a person like that would make a damn good commander-in-chief?
1: Yeah, I mean, and Tom, we could go all the way back to the to our first president, George Washington, right. who has sacrificed right. more than him. Yeah,
0: that's right. He gave up his, in, yeah.
1: he's a person who yeah. could have benefited so much yeah. under British rule, and he sacrificed everything. He's someone who, if, if caught, would have been hung. Yeah. And he gave up how long the Revolutionary War was, and that was, and, and by the way, He didn't even want to be president. He said it was akin to being um, led to the guillotine. He did it out of service, and I think that's what we need to see more of.
0: In fact, at the end... Uh, when finally the, uh, the Treaty of Paris was signed, it was 1783, he met with his officers in Manhattan, uh, Tavern on the Green or Francis Tavern or something like that, and there wasn't a dry eye in the place when he talked about the, uh, the, the fighting for the eight years prior to that. Then he got on horseback. This was an amazing story. He gets on horseback, and he goes from Manhattan to Philadelphia where the Second Continental Congress was meeting, and uh, they were expecting him. And uh, this this shows you the history of the great United States of America. And uh, the delegates were sitting there and they were awaiting George Washington and they were afraid because they thought he was going to march to Philadelphia with his army. And believe it or not, he could have done it because they loved him. And uh, they were afraid that he was that the, the content of the Congress were afraid that that George Washington was going to as a conquering general was going to arrest them all and was going to take over the newly fled, the newly uh, liberated United States of America as a dictator. And sure enough, what does he do? He rides in horseback by himself and he surrenders his sword and his commission to the civilian government of the United States of America. Isn't that a pretty incredible yep. story?
1: It is. It's a great uh, story. Mm-hmm. And there's a famous uh, commission painting with yes. showing that where he resigns his commission. It's something that every leader in, in public service and especially every president should be reflecting on for that position. You know, yeah. someone who has sacrificed so much. He is the epitome yes. of who should be, you know, the background and the sacrifice that yeah. should go into this. It should be a call for service, not yeah. something to benefit yourself or enrich yourself. It should be a call to service where you you sacrifice to come in and and make our country a better place.
0: And God bless our veterans. And again, thank you very much, uh, Ken Bombay, for your service. Uh, You're doing a great thing here on Long Island. Uh, I know you're with Jay on his show. You come on my show every Wednesday at the 1235 Hour, and uh, we have the benefit of your expertise. You have a great Veterans Day. Celebrate today, Ken. I know you're working all the time, but I think you should reflect today. Thank you, Ken.
1: I will. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me on.